Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 32. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hi. Oh, it is a hot, cottonwoody day. I think it's not, it's not really just that hot. I think it's just like all the heat in the world is just coming into this part of the we garage. We are in a mezzanine, which I, is I, I feel I feel too. like we should start recording downstairs in front of the big TV on the couches. No, we're not doing that. It would be too hard. Um, okay. We'll keep doing it here until we eventually have to do it in St. Paul, but... Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, anyway so um, we're just going to hop to it and get the beer. Wow. Was that an unintentional pun? I guess so, because it's actually not that hoppy of a beer. No. It's an alt beer. Um, oh, I didn't even realize this wasn't a 312. Whoops. Yeah, no, it's uh, Goose Island. I do uh, love Goose Island. Their tap handles are the best ever. Yes, they are. Oh, my God. I love Goose Island. So anyway. Yep. I'm open mine up. Is this a, uh, test? It's oh, a pot. shit. Yeah. Uh, here, can you crank mine up real quick? Yep. It's worth noting I'm doing the first ever podcast without my own headphones on because I'm too warm. Yes. And this is not a twist off. Uh, oh, ah, I've got my reef sandals on. <laughs> you are opening your beer with your shoe. Yes. That actually was easier than with my. Oh, they're incredible bottle openers. <laughs> Not terribly cold, but very tasty. It's cold enough. I can't do this without headphones. I need to wear the headphones. That's actually really good. It's got a very smooth aftertaste. Yeah, it's, it's actually. I'm it's used to creamy. Yeah, it, it is. Tastes caramelized. Um, Goose Island. I'm really used to their beers, like just not being that great. Um, Three Twelve's one of my favorites. They're not my favorite brewery. Well, I've, I've never. I've, I've had a lot of other insinuating that they're my favorite. I've, brewery. I've had a lot of their other stuff. Where three twelve's fine. Okay, but like a lot of their other stuff. It's oh like, yeah, there's better beer for sure. Yeah, I mean, got, I, once they got bought out by Budweiser, it got a little bit less exactly. fancy. No, they they're kind of like the Chicago's equivalent to Summit Chicago, where they have like one or okay. two good beers and everything so else is meh. Fiddle. Uh, but yeah, no, is this, this their actually, EPA? Uh, no, it's their alt beer. It, I know. I was oh, oh, a joke it, about Summit. Summit EPA. No, Summit EPA is not good. <laughs> I just, I, I've suffered through it. It's my dad's favorite beer. Ugh. I don't know. I'm glad I didn't get that part of the gene pool. Mm. Beer. Oh, I missed beer. Anyway. I, I ran out halfway through the last episode. Oh, God. And I wanted to get another one, <laughs> but I didn't want to like, leave the post. Yes. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. Um, yeah. I'm going to start. Car uh, stuff. Car stuff. Formula 2. It's like okay. Formula 1, but more interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also known as Formula Also. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm actually <laughs> I, I'm actually putting together a motor cult uh, website. Okay. Um, I've not. It's technically live, but it's not at a place where I want to publicize it. For sure. I just have it live so I can actually, you know, look at it uh, on see regular it, devices on and regular see how devices, the responsive not through designs a, not working. Through a, yeah, exactly. Sure. And like have like yeah, it's like it's kind of like, design it's like minor, yeah, so I get it. It's product testing basically. So it's still motorcultnet.wordpress.com. So it's I, I'm not even bothered Are you giving people a window into your soul. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you can see though if you want really want to, you can see the website before it's ready. Um, but anyway, so I did an article on Formula E and how interesting that is. I okay. think Formula Two is about on par with Formula E for how interesting it is. Sure. Um, I'm still writing articles for it because when it launches, I want people to have stuff to actually read. Because uh, if anybody reads like I do, I like crank out like four articles I want to read out all at the same time and read them all while I'm pooping. 
Um, that is the best time to read. Exactly. I hate reading, but I will do it when I'm on the bathroom. I actually, I, I've got my articles perfectly sized for pooping. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually, that that's... Your daily shirt. No, it's uh, whenever I write for like Japanese nostalgia car, um, mm-hmm. when I do my pr- my final proofread before I send it to the editor, Okay. I read it while I'm in the bathroom so I can see, because that's where most people read blogs. That's where most people post the blogs, too, I feel like. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's really definitely, like, bathroom entertainment material. I've got and the, uh... I just, I, I want to see, like, how well does this read when I'm, you know, in the restroom? Because you're not, like, paying perfect... It's not like reading a book. No. You're not paying perfect attention. No, like, it's, there's it's a, passively, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, yeah. a level of attention that you're, pay, that you're paying. Exactly. Like, and it's it's not perfect. Uh, but anyway. Um, the, uh, the image on this Jalopnik article, the guy's, like... Yeah, the guy, looks like the, a guy looks like, yeah. the guy looks like a total douche. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about Formula 2 drivers, Santino Ferrucci. He's on the screen. Um, he got a four-race suspension for texting while driving in the paddock in his race car. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but then awesome. uh, he also deliberately crashed into his teammate. That is... After the race because he was mad at him. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've been that mad before, so... But, I mean, yeah, still, like, yeah, to, like, ruin shitty. your career over it. Anyway, yep. so his... It, I mean, this, look at him. Th- this guy might be just the biggest douchebag in motorsport. Um, but his family is just as douchey. Oh, okay. Because they're like, they to- fully condone all of his actions. I'm moving my headphones into uh, a, a, a more douchey. Yeah, uh, basically. Like, his, his parents are stance. like, his, his parents totally enable his douchiness. <laughs> great. Um, he also applied for a Make America Great Again sticker for, on his <sighs> race car. If you didn't already assume that. I, um, now I hate this person. Yeah, but the thing is, he was told that political ads aren't allowed on Formula 2 race cars. Good. Because then we'll just turn to a political shit fest. Um, however, his, him and his parents, not being ones to stop being douchebags, didn't want to quit, so they kept pressing for it. And eventually, Formula 2 is like, listen, if you keep doing this, we're just not going to let you drive. So this guy's been a problem. Good. And he's going to continue to be a problem. So just fucking fire him. Fire this incel douchebag. Look at him. I don't nobody, know. I don't want to look at him. Nobody I'm, wants I'm to look at, at him. it right now. This guy's like the ultimate like embodiment of the alt right. God, I fucking hate people like that. I hate him. Like this guy's just a douche. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just I thought that was worth being known. I just want everybody to know the name of Santino Ferrucci and how much of a giant like prick whittler he is. I mean, it's actually I hate kind that of a guy. cool name, but he sounds like a it's thoroughly a, unpleasant. Yeah, person. it's a great name, but so does Donald Trump. But um, yeah, it doesn't make him any less of a douchebag. Anyway, Trump's a great name. I, I, I wanted. To, or, I wa- sorry, Trump's a bad name. Trump is a great name. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great proper German name. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk about more German stuff. Okay. So I w- want to hear something about BMW. Sounds good. Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about the M8, which was unveiled at uh, uh, FOS. Oh yes, the not flip up headlight definitely not, not correct M8. so the shitty new one that yeah. looks like a six series anyway the uh the one people will actually lease uh the bmw m 850i x drive coupe <sighs> pricing has been announced finally yes it's automatic of course automatic well, only all wheel drive only that's stupid it is very dumb anyway the base price you want to take a guess at this Give you a hint, it's slightly less than the sticker price on my original 850. How much was your original one? It was $117,200. I'm going to say, because this one's not as exclusive, it's kind of just a cash grab, say uh, probably 
115-ish. So actually a little less. It's oh. going to start at 111900 before a destination in Gas Guzzler. That's still... Like, it's a lot of money for something that we don't care about. It's you get not the a same good car. As, it's stupid. No, it's, it's just a, it's a, another BMW in a fat suit. Why would you buy this over a 6 Series? Because you want to have, have a bigger number. Because it's too better? It's not that better. No, I guess it's too more. It's too more, yeah. It's, I don't know, BMW... Are they losing their way? They have lost their way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they still make a couple of cool things. They still offer a lot of manual transmissions. But all the stuff that I would buy is a 2 or a 3 series now. Yeah, so they're, they've they uh, kind of gone the way of... They, they're, they found Honda's Moyes. They caught it. They caught oh. the Moyes. Sorry, that does... In no, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was right the first time. It does not include destination handling okay. or gas gasoline. <laughs> so, um, no, they, they've... It seems like they're, they've caught the Honda Moyes where they're... Everybody... It, it's a self-imposed malaise where everybody's producing stuff just yeah. to sell and not to be good. I, I, and I hope that they take this downturn, which I think it is, and they get better from it, and eventually they kind of regain their... They, they will. Uh, it, know, it, it, happened to, it happened to Honda. It happened to Ford. Um, yeah. Ford, I know a lot of people don't like them, but, I mean, in I all reality, it, the, the malaise was good for them because they found their way after that. But these shit piles sell really well, so I'm worried that they're not going to well, understand thing. that this Honda, is... Honda's... That's I mean, if you, if you look at Honda, and I'm talking about, if you weren't wondering, my kind of thing for Honda's malaise, I'm actually writing an article on uh, the Motor Cult site about this, of, like, what Honda's malaise really was, and was it really malaise? Yeah. But basically, in a... Around 2003, I'm going to say 2000, yeah, 2003 to like 2013. Okay. They were really like in yeah, a downturn. Boy. Yeah. Like, in the, like they got rid of all their cool stuff. They started making a lot of just, well, shit. Um, Although they did make the Honda Element. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about that, like what is that really? Savvy. Yeah. Exactly. With the worst K24. Exactly. <laughs> like they, they went like out of their way to make things shitty. And all kind of culminated. Yeah, it's, it's not it, a good vehicle per se, but like it's very interesting. It, it culminated in the ninth generation Civic. The Which one is that? Which age range? Those are the ones from about 2010. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Those ones. Yep. Um, the one not not Kimmy's generation that uh, girl I was talking to at um, at uh, Cars and Crafts with the Mugen. SI, the generation right after that one. Oh, was, oh, not the 06 to 2010. No, the 2010 plus. 2010 to 2014. Those I think. are really boring. Those are Didn't awful they facelift vehicles. it after two years? They after a year. Oh. One year. They tried to facelift it and fix it. I drove one. That one's a loaner car. It's the worst vehicle I've ever driven. Honestly, that car is a reason why. I've, like, <laughs> the only I, person I know that had one of those was Tanya's lock out in San Diego. Oh, she leased one. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, that's one of those cars where it's like, I was feeling so good about Honda yeah. after. The FD2, which is the generation Kimmy's Mugen SI, that body style. Yeah, that one was uh, attractive. Yeah, that's a great looking car. I, I really like that. I, actually, I think that was probably the best Honda in the last 20 years. That's a bold claim. Yeah, well, it's a, wow. I really like that car. I mean, they're reliable. They look pretty good. And they're pretty inexpensive. Powerful. They've got a they've got a really good aftermarket to them. They I didn't actually really much care for the SI of that generation. I just wasn't the sedan that. looked better in the coupe. You're right. Well, I wasn't even going to say that, but that was true. No, the sedan, but the Mugen SI sedan looked way better. I didn't know they even did that. Yeah, so her car is... There's an SU2 on my street, isn't there? Yeah, but it's not a real Mugen SI. That's no, just I an SI. That. Yeah. No, the Mugen SI, like, a lot of things were different on it. So they, like, 
they had like a slightly different trunk. Is that the chassis code though? I, I don't know. It was that that's what it's called. It's called a Mugen SI is a, is a trim level. Right. No, uh, I'm just saying what's what's FD2? FD2 would be the chassis code. Okay. That's a generalization cuz so FD2 would FD2 would be the type that's... R of that generation. Oh. But so like what's a run of the mill 06 Civic? I don't know. Okay. But that's the thing. You get the idea. Yeah. Like uh, how do it's people like calling EF. How do people get like super like cringy about their like how do people say like oh it's not it's not EF. It's a EE Two, because it's a wag van. So you're, or, you're talking about somebody calling a Z3 M Roadster an E36. Well, no, it's different. No, it isn't, because it's an E36 7 or an E36 8. Yeah, but that's still, it's to- still an that's E36. totally different, though. I'm talking like it's not though. Yeah, but the thing is, is like that doesn't look anything like an E36. But it's still an E36 chassis. Okay, cool, but it doesn't look anything like it. Whereas, like, if you say an EK Civic, okay, you know I'm talking about. A 96 through 2000 Honda Civic. I have something in my mind's eye that yeah, looks you like have, that. Yeah, you yes. know what that is. Yeah. We say E36, you think of like I think of a series. shitty rusted out two-door 325 IS, yeah. Yeah, you think of that. Yes. Like, um, <laughs> I think of the E36. So like when you say like, FD2, like, yeah. you go, okay, that generation. Sure. Or EP3 right. is that. Or, uh, or like even if I was going to reference a regular like two-door Honda Civic from 1999, I would say EM1. Even yeah, exactly. I think that's technically that, the... That's still only the SI. Right. But by saying EM1... That is a, a different chassis than all the other ones, right. and you know that when EM one in Japan, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, so anyway, um, yeah, but like a lot of Honda people are the like, car world is all semantics, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Well, like Honda people are like, it's it's not an EG sedan, or it's not EG coupe, it's an EJ eight, and it's like, dude, I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah, this is an automatic one point six. It's an EJ twelve. Like I don't, it's dude. A Gallo I, it's like, dude, I don't care. I said EG. That means the 92 through 95 Honda Civic. You know the headlights and taillights I'm talking about. That one. Yeah. You know the one that has the, the one post for the seats? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Stop being a dick. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. I know, right? But anyway, so... both massive um, dicks. A- anyway, so... I lost a train of thought. That's fine. Oh, oh no, no, matter. we're back to Honda's Moise. <laughs> yeah. BMW is going through Moise like Honda. Yeah, it, it, they're gonna have to fu- they're gonna have to find the rock bottom. The yeah. rock bottom for Honda was the ninth generation Honda Civic. I think what it will be for BMW will be when they finally shit can the manual from the two and three series. I think so. Yep. And they're gonna notice that like the magic the magic's gone. Yeah. And sales numbers are gonna kind of plateau because yeah. that's what happened with Honda. Is sales numbers will plateau or go because down because everything's a lease. Well. Still, that counts as a number, though. Oh, they okay. still make their money. But, I mean, um, they're going to plateau, and then they're going to be able to go down just a little bit, and they're, that's when they're going to figure it out. Because that's really what happened with Honda sure. and with Ford, really, is <laughs> their uh, their sales numbers plateaued, and finally, you know... God damn it, I did that thing again. Uh, <laughs> no, with, with Honda, it was like people were buying the people were buying the Ford Focus instead of the Civic. Yeah. Because the Ford Focus did everything a Civic did, but better. And do you know what they don't make anymore? The Ford Focus. Yeah, exactly. But it's going through a second. I think once um, once BMW falls to a lesser brand, like I'm gonna say Cadillac or Kia or something. I just don't know. Like once like Honda, like Cadillac or Kia, like once one of those two starts selling more than BMW. Uh-huh. Then BMWs and us have a big fucking problem. They they were gonna start bringing back like what makes a BMW a BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Right, which um, hasn't been the case in a while. No, it's been Except quite the some M2. time. Mm, yeah. M2 is really good. Yeah, one M was better. Boy, it was. I'm not saying that it wasn't because I've got one. It's right there. So <laughs> and I know, don't have an M2. 
Uh, no, like BMW used to be really good. But if uh, I was going to buy a daily right now, you know what it would be? Hmm. Be an M2. Like a new car? Like if you were going to buy a BMW? If I was going to go buy a new car right now, it would be an M2. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's really good. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to... No, that's fine. I'm trying to click something on my screen. Jan's laptop's having a freaking heart attack. <laughs> what? Oh, what? You want me to be a computer? Well, right now? So it's the Hugh Grant of laptops? Fucking Lord. That is the smart automated manual of laptops? <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, you want to talk about Concord? That's what I was trying to do. I was okay. trying to have like a really cool segue and everything. And I then mean, beer's like, fuck you. I wish man. I could bring it up on the TV, but that's not working right now properly. Today is, you know, you can tell it's the day after Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting the full, the full fucking effect. There it is. It finally loaded. But now, Like Concord, Gooding and Company released their auction lot listings for Pebble yes. Beach 2018. And it's fucking phenomenal well it says it is excellent so is it excellent or phenomenal i'm gonna go with phenomenal okay nice. they got some good shit that's going uh i think one of the cars i'm most excited about is uh they got a 250 gto i think actually not it's, it's bottoms it's got that but they uh, this is what i was trying to look records up. left and right now oh my god it's just ludicrous we thought eight million was bad <laughs> remember, remember when we like blew our wads over the audi uh the auto union racer selling for probably 16 million yeah and we're like oh yeah, fuck you. That's Ferrari, get $24 million. <laughs> Now it's like in the 50s. It's just I, I think something you just closed for $70 million. That's just lousy. That's just hilarious. I do have your link loading on the stream right now. It is loading, though. This is really interesting radio. Yeah, no, it really <laughs> um, Can I talk about how much I hate the new what, 8 Series? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually going gonna to come back to that because I do want to talk about that 250 GTO long wheelbase that's going to be selling at... Um, I don't have that link open yet. No, it's all right because uh, I, I can just tell you about that. It's expected to go for $45 million. So, yeah, it's expected to surpass $45 surpass million. Surpass I see that. that in the link, in fact. Like, it is just <laughs> insane oh um, what they're expecting that. And, like, you know what? The thing is... It's going to happen, probably. You know, what, for you, is there a dollar amount level where a car won't ever be driven again once it surpasses? Or is there always going to be somebody with big enough balls where they'll hop in this thing and just There's wheel There's always it? be somebody with big enough balls. Because how much is that 20s blue Bugatti worth that that guy was bombing up the hill in? Mm, that's a, well, since it was a... It's a six-figure it it car, a, right? It was it's not a seven-figure? No, figure? it's a seven-figure. Really? The, there's even the worst Type 35. The Type 35 from from the lake in Geneva <laughs> was still <laughs> deep in the six figures. And that car was completely rusted to pieces. Oh, man. Um, I should see if I have that in the Hangouts that I can load and play it because it was... <laughs> uh, since I, the good I think, one isn't working. I think that the um, that point where it's going to be undrivable is, is... I don't think it's ever going to come. Well, not necessarily undrivable, but just where people are like so worried about their car that they won't drive it. Well, that, that kind of happened. You know, back in the 90s when uh, Duesenbergs were having their Oh, moments. that was weak. Try that again. There we go. I think we're breaking it. Yeah, the bell, I think, it's over-gasped. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, Duesenberg's had that moment in the uh, 90s where they were worth so much money that people weren't driving them because they are just investments. I think even, like, the late 60s muscle cars almost got to that point where, like, for that caliber of vehicle, they were yeah. worth so much that people weren't driving them. Exactly. A little bit of a tangent. Have you ever wished that you had one of those bells at your house? 
yes. making your pre-roll all the reference time. since we all started it. Like, I've noticed that I need that bell in my all the living time. room. Okay. But I'm anyway, it's not just me. so I finally got the auction lots uh, listed uh, for Gooding & Company. Okay. So, yeah, like, you know, you have your typical whatever Porsches I don't give a shit about. Um, you have some American cars that are whatever. Um, but then you have some, like, actually really cool stuff. Um, a 1928 Stutz BB. Stutz. Yes, I, I love, love that. That's a great name. That poor Bell. Is yeah, it like, it's like broken. Is I it immune? To, or sorry, not immune. Not immune to humidity. I think it was loosened. Maybe um, we should just hit it harder. No, I think lighter. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but no, uh, 1928 Rolls Royce Phantom One. It's a beautiful oh, vehicle. Yes. Bentley three liter. Um, now stuff that people actually care about that are under the age of 150. Um, Which is the average age for cars starting in about 60 years? Yeah. A 1989 <laughs> Porsche 911G. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what the G stands for. You know the Speedsters? Yeah. It's a Speedster, basically. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's a 911 Speedster, like super low windshield. Um, Ferrari 275s. Uh, I think Corey's actually going to pull up this video, I hope. Oh, cool. <laughs> a lousy amount of Ferrari 275s. Um, Which is funny because they made so few of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Ferrari F40, Bentley 4.5 liter, uh, uh, E30 M3. Also, I love that the E30 M3 is in this list of oh, cars. Yeah. It ought to be. Yeah. Um, a Porsche 550 uh, Spider uh, race okay. car. Ferrari 250. The, the 550 wasn't the one with the Bevel Gear 4 cam, right? Those ones I think did not have the bevel year four cam okay. i think you oh you know what they might have had, i think it was optional like okay. you can get them either way i feel like that engine made it into more cars than i thought it did yeah it probably did um every 356 uh another ferrari 250 uh this one's actually a really pretty one just um, a straight up 250 that 58 250 right there does that look good I'm don't dare click on that link because i'll just show oh, okay. this computer yeah that, that's uh, just, that's a short wheelbase yeah it's a short wheelbase but like it's um it's just your standard, you know, body on it. It's really pretty. Uh, a 1965 Iso Grifo. Um, God, these names. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you've never heard of Iso Grifo, they're, they're a really cool supercar manufacturer. It's one of the many uh, brands that spurred out of Enzo Ferrari pissing off everyone. Oh. Um, <laughs> like Lamborghini it's and Monteverdi. Good story though, I like yeah. it. <laughs> um, speaking of Lamborghini, a Lamborghini Espada. Um, Ooh, a 1938 Bugatti Type 57 Antlat Antlatique. I love that car. Atlantique? Atlantique, yes. I, I don't know if I know what that one looks like. Oh, dude. It's like, think of a 1930s Bugatti road car. It's oh, wow. Gorgeous. Look at the fenders on that. Oh, it's just so sexy. It just sexy. looks like you stuffed a nut cup into the back of each one of those front fenders and called it good. <laughs> it's, good the Lord. interior on that car is second to none. I've seen... Uh, I've seen a Type 57, but not, not an Al Antique, but they're beautiful cars. Um, I like the name. Yeah, exactly. Um, Austin Martin DB24, which is really cool. Not the 007 one. It's the one Austin that predates the 007 one. Uh, Ferrari 275s, uh, 300 SL convertible. Um, oh, wow. There's a lot of good stuff for sale at the Pebble Beach. Yeah. and company auction. I, the thing finally loaded, so it's doing the slideshow on the screen right now. Yeah. So we're getting some good images along with yeah, what you're a saying. a roof BTR. Oh, yes. Uh, do you know what a Saita is? I do not. Uh, another Italian car. Uh, actually, sorry, this one's an American car. American. But it was like an Italian immigrant that made it. 
but it's a, a Cyta 208S. It's a basically an American equivalent to Ferrari Testarossa okay. from the 50s. Does it have a flat 12 in it? What does it have? Uh, it has a uh, big, hairy V8, but I oh. think this one's a flat plane crank. Nice. Um, Whoa, the, in the 50s. I think so. Is, there's something cool about the engine. I forgot. Oh, my. It, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not the best with literally every car yeah, on with Earth. limited internet connection i i hope people don't judge us too much right and now. there's also it's also cita it's like such an obscure brand like even that one i don't know oh, a whole lot about the type 35 video i believe is loading good um, <laughs> lots of dinos uh 300 sl gullwing at m1 oh yes. oh those those make really sexy noises yes they do oh. uh carrera gt which i'm what vintage uh 05? okay uh, and then this one, uh, not one of a, the Porsche a lot of, turbos. a lot of cords, a lot of Mercedes, like basically every classic Mercedes. Um, there's one that most people don't recognize the name of a, a this fo- guy is masturbating his yes. type 35, a fossil Vega. That Never sounds heard. like a watch mixed with an old Chevy. It is, uh, an Italian version of a Lincoln continental. Okay. And it is just so sexy. <laughs> is it like a four-door luxury sedan? I, I, one second. Let's talk about this Bugatti. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the Bugatti. Uh, my favorite part about mm. watching this guy hoon his Bugatti Type 35 and drift it is you have the crank starter. Yeah. It's just oh, it's just yeah, flopping dangling. around like a nutsack <laughs> on it. It's just the best. Uh, I wish I had a scene set up to just have the TV on full bore. Um. God, I think I, if I remember correctly, this guy actually like lays down a competitive time. He does. He was uh, the fastest at the time of the day, and he was yeah. like fourth fastest for the whole day. Yeah, like the only cars that beat him were like Pike's Peak cars, basically. Like and per- that NAS truck. Yeah, and like pur- purpose-built hill climb cars. And this is a Grand Prix car that's a hundred years old. The like, thing that really great. baffles me the most is how they can cool engines with radiators that small. Yeah, I know, right? That's the thing. Like it, for like the F1 cars, the one and a half liter F1 cars from the late 40s. Look at like, he's already up the hill. Yeah, exactly. Just look at the swelling bottom of the floor pan from his balls. I know, right? The those little bo- things at the bottom of the car. Yeah. That is not a baffle from the oil pan. That's no, a, that's a floor pan yeah. being stuck down. Uh, because they had to of enlarge. His large, yeah, they had to enlarge the because floor of pan. his large nutsack. Um, God. That car's a testament to the fact that there will never be a point in which a car is too expensive to be raced. Yeah, because that or thing is worth some money, apparently. It is, yeah. I mean, I, granted, it's a uh, Type 35B. It's a slightly detuned Type 35. Whatever. But the, the fact guy, that... Clearly, it's working fine. The fact that the detuned Type 35 yeah. was the one that just shat on, like, almost every car at Goodwood <laughs> is fucking awesome. Granted, the Goodwood track, <laughs> like, I feel like it's very conducive to the narrow track and, like, the this and that. It yeah. looks so perfect going up that hill. But that car is just, like... It, the thing is... In fact, that, we need to pre-war a bell. That was a Type 35. You gotta uh, put it back out here so I can reach it, man. Well, I don't want you to destroy it. <sighs> Nick will buy us another one if we destroy it. I guess. And, oh, also, there's one other car I want to add from that. Okay. Lot, those listings, uh, a Ferrari uh, 500 Mondial, which is the original Mondial. I was gonna say I know that's not an '80s Mondial, but no, I don't know anything about it. It's it was a 1950s Ferrari racing car. Okay. Yeah. So, was it a convertible? Yes, yes, it was. Are you serious? Yeah, it was. It's a convertible <laughs> race car. It was, a, it was awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, but Should yeah. I put Mondial badges on my three fifty five. No, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they still kept the Mondial alive when your car was around. because oh, they like they produced that car for way too long, made way too many of them. Uh, well, I think like three years would have been too much for that thing. 
Do you want to circle back to the uh, Gooding and Company Concour? Couple um, or do something else. You know, I, I, I think I'm, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm okay on that. Okay. Um, well, I'll just leave the slideshow up. going then for people. And yes, can, people, people can look at that. That'll be then, some incentive to look at the video version of the podcast. Ex- exactly. <laughs> Which is excellent, but getting better. This next topic is so fucking cringy. I don't want to be here for this. Well, um, Doug Demiro. That is the sound of my co-host getting up and walking away aggressively. Um, did. <laughs> <laughs> did a video review on a car that I love, the Toyota MR2 Spider, the third gen, the ZCW30. All right, we're past the part where we're talking about Doug Ryan. You can come back. Fucking hate Doug Demary. <laughs> <laughs> I love in my show notes, he wrote in brackets because it's Doug Demiro and he's a man child. Anyway, fucking hate that guy. he did a review on this thing and he did an okay job. No, he, he didn't. He did an okay job. He was missing a lot of good stuff. Exactly. There. He's a man child. He doesn't know what he's fucking doing. He was talking, he, he approached it like Consumer Reports did back in the day. He was approaching the practicality of the vehicle. He was approaching the fact that it didn't have enough power. I'm just like, dude, this is did a 2200. He, he didn't mention how much it weighed. He didn't mention how cheap it was. He just mentioned that it was a mid-engine car. But he also picked a $10,000 example, which buys you the nicest MR2 Spider in the entire world right now. Yeah. Like, I sold mine for four and a half, and granted, it needed body work. So, one, one second here. Okay. I've been forced to watch Doug Demiro videos against my own will, because yeah. Jana never wants to leave Ways Just Movie Night early. Um, so, I imagine... I know how to clear out a living room, am I uh, right? <laughs> um <laughs> I imagine that he probably got all hung up on one stupid feature of the car. What was that? Uh, the quirk that he got hung up on was under the front hood where there is some storage. There is a plastic cover from the factory that has two plastic clips on it. Yeah. Let when me guess. Unclip after, it, after 15 years, it broke? No, they oh. were fine. Um, but there is a small elastic band inside of there which hooks into the hood to leave it open so you can yeah. put luggage into it. He got hung up on that for, I swear, like two minutes. I just wish he would jump off a bridge. Also, he also got hung up on how there were lockable storage compartments behind the seats and the glove compartment, which held the release for the hood. Does he have a problem with that? What's what's the problem with that? And you could also lock the fuel door and the rear release from yeah. inside the car as well. It's a you convertible. Can. Yeah. Yeah, of course you can. Anyway, uh, he did not touch on one of the most important things about buying a used Toyota MR2, which is that car has in its exhaust manifold, right off the cylinder head, two pre-catalysts for emissions. Yes. They have a nasty tendency to break apart, and it ingests ceramic back into the engine and ruins the compression of the engine. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Doug DeMiro does zero research on anything, ever. I think what he does is he goes, finds a car... He talks to the owner, and if the owner happens to be knowledgeable, he gets it right. If the owner doesn't know shit, the review is bullshit. Doug DeMiro is... Because I feel like he gets a lot of really random, interesting I, stuff he should, that people I, I'm should sorry, I, I should not say that he should kill himself. That, that was rude and something I should not say on, on air. But I do want to say that what I find so irritating about him okay. is he wants to be... A shock jock about cars. What the fuck is a shock jock? Like Howard Stern. Okay. Where he just says stuff to be shocking. And his whole his okay. whole like MO is just, I'm just super tired of it. It's like, whoa guys, look at this wacky. Whoa, look how shitty this car is. But it's not that anymore. It used to be that way, which is why I watched him. But now it's like, look at this brand new Bugatti Chiron. I'm like, I don't care. 
Yeah, but that's the thing. I, I don't care. It, yeah, he's just it, he does like the most absolutely garbage reviews. The production quality is terrible. I should say that our production quality is mad. Right now, also, it's really bad. I'm sorry about but that. But we are also not backed by Auto Trader. Right. We're backed so, by you know, me. And, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, we're doing this for fun. That's just what he it did, is. He did one review, which I found humorous, which is when he did one of like a 2003 Hyundai or a Kia Sonata. Or not Sonata. Uh, what Sonata? was it? Uh, no, Kia. Kia Optima? No, sorry, Spectra. Oh, oh yeah. It's like That was like the virtue of beaters. That's yeah. what we were talking about the other day. Yeah, but he, he just was just making fun of it. Um, the, the last review of his I actually liked, I think, was the uh, Ghibli where we put the toothpaste in the panel gap of the interior door panels, and that became like a unit of measurements for panel gap. It's actually kind of funny. That was pretty good. But he's just, I don't but know. But those he, moments are few and far between. It's it's not worth watching Doug DeMiro. There's so many better reviews that you can there get. There's so much more entertaining. Re- I just, every time I watch him, I feel like I'm watching piss jugs. Did I mention that he has a million and a half subscribers on YouTube somehow? I, I don't get it. He's the, you know what he is? What? He's the embodiment of like the keyboard e thug that makes fun of Hondas while they drive like an automatic like base model Impreza Ooh. or like an Audi A4. No, 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 no. They drive a Cavalier. No, no, like a car that's like there's a version of it that enthusiasts like. Okay, and oh. so you can't really make fun of that car that drives much. Drives a five door Golf Rabbit. Yeah, or like an automatic one eight T A4. Like, just, like, a not desirable version of a, a like, that's... What, a, what about a 3-liter CVT B6? Sure. But, I mean, like, that bot, that style, you know what I'm talking about, that kind of person that the calls person themselves that, a yeah. car enthusiast it's that like, just sit, makes... You want a Typhoon, you buy a Jimmy. That yeah, kind of but they're not that cool to, like, buy a Jimmy, though. Jimmy's not cool. Like, it, we're talking, like, yeah, but, I mean, that that's still, like, that truck, like, has, like, some provenance of, like, the mini truck community. Okay. But, I mean, like... It's. I think I'm just thinking of like you know the kind of like the generic douchebag you find at a Cars and Coffee yeah. somewhere mm. that just like makes fun Mark of fours. that makes fun of everything they don't understand and they don't they don't try to understand. I think other you're things. right on with the B5. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the B5, like a B5 owner, um, just somebody that does not try to go out of their wheelhouse and understand anything. And that's I think that's what irritates me is he just makes fun of it and doesn't try to understand it. Right. And that's my biggest issue. Yeah, he looks at it on the surface and yeah. doesn't delve into it at all. Like, like the one that get, that like, triggered me the most was the Mirage review. Oh, it's yeah. like every single door handle is the same door handle. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that car costs nine grand? Yeah, new? like there's some shit you got to do to make a brand new car nine grand and get it into America and like sold here. And like, with, like air it, conditioning and stuff, which is yeah, standard. Yeah, like that car's got a lot of cool stuff going for it. Like, it yeah, it's nice. Yeah, like that's a perfectly fine car. Like, cool. Make fun of the door handles. You also got a random base model off of Turo. Do you know that what had triggered like t- me most on that review? Hmm. The fact that the little hood line on the front, he said, was because Mitsubishi makes one size badge. That was just speculation. No, they they don't. They don't. They make many different sizes. It's badges. just wrong. Like he just does they not. They did it for style. He just do, he does not say things that are factually and accurate. We circle ever. back to the fact that he does no research. Yeah, he has no idea what he's talking about, and that's my issue with him. Okay, is like even like like you aren't a career. Hello. You're not a career automotive journalist I'm not a journalist by, at all. by any means no and like i'm myself more of an automotive entertainer okay. because 
to be fair, I don't sit outside like people's houses, like, you know, trying to like interview them or stuff or, sure. or anything. I don't like travel across the country to figure out a story. Sure. I, I do a lot of this for my armchair. Um, that sounds comfy. Yeah. But I mean, still like, that's the thing is like, we put in more effort than he does. A lot. People, oh, absolutely. People like him give people like me a bad name. Yeah. And that's what irritates me the most sure. about Doug DeMiro. I think that's totally And fair. I think that it, what he needs to do is one of two things. Is either quit fucking doing that and get a real job or actually do his job correctly. And if Doug DeMiro, you're listening it to this, take, I hope you understand that. It doesn't take very much time to do Yes! Oh, diligence. my favorite car of all time. Oh, it's the 28 there it liter is. Fiat. Yep. Yes, look at him hoon it, Duncan Pitaway. I'm glad that's been going on the whole time and you just noticed it. <sighs> it is on the stream, so don't you worry. That was a good pre World War One, yeah, nineteen thirteen. Yeah. Uh, nineteen ten originally. Really? Yep. Oh, I thought it was thirteen. Uh, thirteen. They eventually set some records, I think, with it. But look 19- at the, look at the exhaust pulses. Well, look at everything shake on the car from the twenty-eight liter engine. I also love this car because it's literally an engine with a. Is seat. that the sixty horsepower Mercedes? Uh, yeah, it's an engine, a seat, and three spare tires. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, it's a far cry. I love that. Oh, I love, man. I love so the much. shifters on the side. Like you see these, they have the slow motion shots like zoomed in. You see, yeah, the engine compartment doors are rattling and the guy's grabbing this <laughs> shifter and just like jamming it forward and it's engaging a new gear as the side drive chain drive just like shakes and bucks. I'm like, dude, you are 13 inches from something that has like 17 tons of force in it. This is and could cut your arm off. So, you know when you and other people say they don't like pre-war cars? Yes. I show people videos like this. I'm like, this is why I, I still love. don't like them. This is why I prefer watching pre-war cars I, uh, than modern cars. I appreciate the fact that they're being hooned. This guy has driven that car to pick up his children from school. Great. But I mean, like... Do you I know just, how thoroughly unpleasant that person would be to have dinner with? Oh, it'd probably be hilarious. Awful. Sir. Yeah, it'd probably it be, would be so bad. You wanna, I guarantee that guy wears white socks with Birkenstocks. No, I can guarantee unironically. you Unironically. That. that guy is probably... probably um, uh, that guy is probably the European equivalent of Nick Offerman. Like, just... They're not, they're not ever that cool. Duncan Pitaway is a pretty cool guy. I've seen some interviews with okay, him. That, dude, that dude's Moving awesome. On, I don't want to talk about pre-war. Anyway, um, so I want to talk about uh, people that just... Assume because a car gets old, yeah. that magically gets cheaper to service. Oh, like a 2000 Porsche Boxster S. Yeah, or like my initial example is like an E46 BMW. Oh, well, that, that got a little cheaper, but yeah, I mean, it's still it's not pretty much the same work, price as it was to maintain the labor. The labor is the same, and the labor is yes, the issue. Correct, yeah. Uh, that never changes. So I had a customer that, like, that not, not, not even a customer because they didn't even do anything in our shop, but they came in and they assumed because the car was 20 years old that the car would just be cheaper to fix. Yeah, and, that's, that's a fallacy. Yeah, and it's like, and they just assume that every shop will have the computers to work on them because, like, you have a lot of specialized computers in cars from that era. Well, yes and no. I mean, those are kind of on the hairy edge. Of, like, yeah, you that's could do I mean. most things because, like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, chassis computers you need to like pull codes out of. But like, if you know what you're doing, and you can do other diagnostics, and that's the thing, if you know what you're doing, and not every tech right. does, and that's the thing. I mean, you could most people they'll plug in their Snap-on Solus or whatever, and it'll find it and they'll clear the module. 
But like those cars are the last of the generation where if you replace a sensor that's faulty, it yeah. will clear itself out. Yeah. Whereas like Mr. Wags, the E90, you change something, yeah, yeah you got to go and encode it. You got to yeah. change a whole bunch of stuff to make it exactly. work. Exactly. And things like that, that's always going to happen. Right. And so and it's going to get worse. I had this guy came into my work and got like legitimately mad when I told him, I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. I just, I cannot do this job for you. I'm going to leave the job out just to, and for the sake of an- an- anonymity. Okay. Um, but basically I told him like, I, I'm sorry, we just can't do this. The guy got like legitimately mad that we would not service this car. I'm like, there's a BMW shop up two blocks north of here. Like, I gave you directions. Like, they would be so happy to work on your E46 right now, and you're trying to force your I car... I work on a lot of those. You're trying to force your car into this Volkswagen Audi de- shop that is already overbooked for, like, two weeks. And it's just, like, people like that are just the most aggravating because, like, they, they always create a problem. Because when once that guy's done, he's going to leave. He's going to leave me a bad review even though he didn't actually That's do anything. I'm going to get yelled at by my boss. Like, the, the people that have good the experience most ridiculous never people. write a review. Yeah, and then people like that, like... Where it's like, they'll, it's something I can't help out. them. Yeah, exactly. I cannot help them. Which is why like, uh, dealership, like service riders, they yeah. get fucked. I would never want that Fucked job. by customer reports. Because like, yeah, you get one bad review and you're like, you're, you're, your pay suffers. Like your yeah. job's in jeopardy. I'm like, what happened to like the 400 people that had no problem and didn't write a review? Exactly. And they're always like, well, get them to write a review. I'm like, no, because then they're going to hate the fact that they came here. Yeah. Like, exactly. if I'm pushing this on them, like, their good experience just became less good. Bugatti Type 59. Um, <laughs> Bell's working fine. Actually, it's only pre World War II. Anyway. Um, I don't know what year it is. It just looks old. It doesn't have fenders on it. Well, it, I was going to hit it twice, but anyway. I understand. Um, no, so another example is uh, we have this customer that's uh, consistently coming in, uh, drives a five cylinder Eurovan. And a very early water-cooled Vanagon. Okay. Both of them are equally as rusty, have equally as many leaks, and equally as unreliable, and he has, like, no money. He actually still owes us a lot of money. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. And so he just assumes that his car has got, because it's it's an older Eurovan with a five-cylinder, that it's going to be cheaper to service because it's from 1993. I'm like, no, dude. Like, this is actually more expensive to service than a six-cylinder Eurovan. Because now you have to factor in shipping for every single part to come from literally, I'm not even joking you, Croatia, Estonia, and Romania. There are a lot of things I service where the parts come from Croatia, Estonia, and... Romania. Not so much Romania. I have my steering wheels refurbished there. Yeah. And then um, where else is there? Uh, Bulgaria. Um, Bulgaria doesn't... Slovakia sometimes. Slovakia, yeah. Slovakia. You know, Warsaw Pact. Countries. A lot of good stuff comes out of there. There's a lot of very talented people over there. Yeah, but still, you know what? Yeah. You know what that is? Really expensive to ship from America. Yes. So, um, to America. Yeah. What are some other examples? I need to get up for a second. Uh, of the, you know, okay. So, vehicles that people buy used and assume that the service will accompany the price paid for the car, not necessarily the caliber of service. I want to kind of go back to that Boxster S I owned because. Not everything is super expensive for that. If you're doing an oil change, it's whatever. The filter is like eight bucks. It's the same as any other BMW, but you know, it requires more oil. And there's just a lot more going on. So like if you need a an intake manifold gasket or a certain bolt, I mean you're gonna be paying dealer prices because it's an OE only part. There's no incentive for an aftermarket to take up that slack and actually make a pattern part. So you're gonna be paying way, way more for that 
than you would for you know a bolt at a kia dealership or something like that and that's kind of what it comes down to uh, and a lot of time that's even like insurance costs so if you have an older german or italian car or something like that and you run it into something like the hood's going to cost a lot because it might be made out of aluminum uh the headlight assemblies are going to cost a lot more because they're probably going to be you know gen 1 xenon or something like that they're going to be just items that aren't really made anymore um a good example of what i found recently was uh we have a r129 mercedes sl 600 it's a 97 so it's a first facelift not a second facelift um, they facelifted that twice twice yep jesus <laughs> 90 96 they facelifted it which is what ours was part of the facelift and then in 99 they also did it to uh cancel out sorry close out the 129 uh, but our car was the first year to have the optional by xenon glass headlights my dad broke one of them hitting this car. It was $984 to buy a used one, and oh it was God. hard to find. That's horrible. <laughs> I couldn't even find a used radiator because people that own these cars don't crash them. Yeah. So you can't find a used one, and buying a new one's tough because they're a Mercedes and they don't break. Yeah. So literally, it was like it was another 900 and something dollars to buy this like new Mercedes radiator. Luckily, I found everything else used, but... I mean, people just don't think about that. They see, like, oh, I can buy a V12 Mercedes convertible for $4,500. What could go wrong? <laughs> Until they run into any issue with the car at all that actually requires buying a part for it. And then, yeah, they turn into the cheapest person in the world, very unpleasant, and they end up screwing They turn into over. the sort of person that owns a W8 Passat wagon. Or, or a Phaeton. Or a Phaeton. Yeah, people like that. Where, oh, it's a Volkswagen. It'll be cheap to maintain. Here's the rarest, weirdest Said no one, one ever. Um... So, speaking of limited editions uh, and weird trim levels, okay. Uh, Renault has um, Renault Sport, which is like yeah, they make like the Clios that are fun to go around the tracks with. Yeah, so they're going out of their way to make Renault Sport versions of almost every one of their cars. And cool. actually, Jana has a article here. Uh, Welcome she back found. to the studio, Jana. Hi. <laughs> so tell us about the uh, Renault Sport T High. Uh, it's a semi-truck. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Click the link on it. All right. I'm, I'll bring this up on the feed um, here, too. I haven't, actually haven't read the article. I've just been told so much about it. I can't open it. T-O-L apostrophe T? Yeah, told. Told. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they decided, you know, we're going to make a sport everything. And people are like... Okay, so like all your cars, they're like no, everything, everything. everything. You know that dump truck you guys take out? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one too. Yeah. Where's it be a rental sport? It's gonna dump have truck. a half cage in it. Um, racing buckets. Exactly. But it's, it's got like. It, when they you did, want they to be a race car driver but also need to haul things <laughs> is the tagline for this fucking thing. And I love how it, 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 the picture in the article shows an F1 car. You know, your oh, typical... Oh, McGann. McGann. Yeah, yeah. McGann. A typical, you know, commuter car. Oh and then God. a semi-truck. <laughs> but it's got like the full livery. They, they didn't phone it in. No. Like, no. they did full effort on I'm this. I'm clicking on the semi-truck link now to see what happens. So, like, you get... Um, You've got the, the black interior with the leather stitching. Oh, uh, that was just a tag. The Shit. carbon fiber bits on the dashboard. Recaro seats. <laughs> if I were a truck driver, I would totally want this thing. Right? I, I have several friends who are truck drivers that I'm like, you want a Renault, right? Oh, yeah. It's a cab over, which is like the most desirable style of uh, semi-truck. But it's got 520 horsepower and like all of the torque. This is right. So it's actually, it's actually, it has performance 
it has performance modifications to it as well. But the 1,000 RPM redline. Ooh, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I love how like angry it looks. Pounds. It looks like a transformer. It does, yeah. Like it's just. I think it looks happy. It does. Oh, it, well, it, it, it looks it, like. Uh, oh. It looks mischievous. That's what yes. it looks like. It looks mischievous. I think that's the word we're yeah, looking for. Yeah, it's kind of the shifty-eyed dog in a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, like, they even had, like, the big, like, 19-and-a-half-inch, like, semi-truck wheels. that they put, like, little yellow. Yeah, whatever. They put the little yellow accents on them and everything. Yeah. Like, they went, like, full out making this a legit Renault Sport. So what does the standard, I don't know what kind of truck this is based on from Renault, but, like, what does the standard one have for it's power? It's called a T-High. I think it's, like... It's like 490 or something. Okay. Like, it doesn't have a... Like, some trucks only have, like, high fours, like, muscle car amount of power. But mm. they have way more torque. And gearing's just but don't insane. worry. It has Renault's OptiDriver gearbox featuring 12 forward speeds. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's just fantastic. It's actually pretty modest for a pickup. Yeah. Oh, 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 is this a replay of the... Oh, oh yeah. The live is replaying the Type 35. Good, good. <laughs> you can see the handle waggling. <laughs> oh, I love this car so much. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Just kick its ass out. Yeah, just like that. that Perfect. Thing, it sticks really well. Yeah. Uh, Ettore Bugatti is a very good car designer. It has positive camber. How is this possible? Um, because when the sh suspension moves at all, since it's one spring between the left oh the left and right wheels, when one side loads up, it actually kicks both of them out. This is the most ridiculous thing to watch. Actually, yeah, maybe this T-High Renault Sport would be more ridiculous. Yeah, but this which is, I'm, I'm sure Which I have up I on have. the screen right next to the Type 35 <laughs> running up to Goodwood. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised to see the new Renault Speed semi-truck at Goodwood. Like, God, they need I, to send that to Goodwood next year. I don't know year. why they didn't do it this year. Yeah, I, I just expect it there. You this know? is such a good one. I would much rather have seen that than the robo-driver I thing. love that oh, they, yeah. like, release this on the eve of Goodwood. Like, they release this Wednesday night. Like, this is the, much better news the than eve. the M8. Yeah. yeah. The Supra even, really. This is probably the best thing I've ever heard. I love that. This one seems like, I've seen by Carlos Gozen where he's, like, the, e the evil queen of God. numbers where, like, he makes, you know, the Murano. Oh, the cross cab? But yes. then he also, for like every bad thing he makes, like the five-cylinder like Nissan Sentra, or 2.5-liter <laughs> Nissan Sentra, <laughs> he makes something amazing like this. Like He's like he's like a cat. He does something really asshole-like, and it makes you hate him, and then he's like, oh, I'm a cute kitty, and I'm snuggling with you. Like, oh, okay, I can't hate you. He's I think he's chaotic he good. He might be. A, yeah. I, would, I would call him chaotic good. Uh, yeah. That's what he is. Yeah. Is he's the, the greater good, but in the weirdest way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, thank you very much, Jam. I think we're going to have Jana come um, back and, uh, tell us French car stuff whenever we have updates on French car stuff. Yeah. I like uh, yeah. a little French injection every now and yeah. again. For sure. But now it's, it's really hot up here. So I'm going to yeah, go please. back downstairs. It's totally and watch okay. Goodwood. Totally okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, bye guys. Bye bye. What's, um, let's do the world cup of cars. Okay. Um, who is in it this week? This week, we have our first... What comes first? Is it a semifinal or a quarterfinal? Uh, quarter. So we have the, the last of our normal cars. And then... Actually, no, sorry. These are both quarterfinals. Um, yeah, so we, we've now moved on to the quarterfinals. Wow, that's actually pretty impressive. I feel like we haven't been doing this that long, but we're doing two sets per week. So yeah, basically. I, I do one group per week. Um, the first set is going to be Russia versus Egypt. Um, I decided countries... I, I just made this executive decision... Countries that have an auto industry 
that have more than one good car in it should not be punished because there are other countries that suck at making cars. They or should there be are able countries that have no industry. Yeah, they should be able to substitute out other cars. You have more than one person on one, more than one player on a team, right? So uh, there is an I in team if you look yeah. at the a hole. That's true, but um, <laughs> that is quite true. But anyway, so I'm gonna substitute out the uh, Lada Riva, okay, for a much cooler car from Russia, uh, which would be the Gaz Volga 31013. You know, I'm noticing a pattern with the World Cup of cars, and everything is deliberately really hard to type in. <laughs> I do have it up on the screen, however, it, starting actually, right Actually, I, I chose the 31013 because that was a palindrome. It's easier to type in than the 31012. Ju- okay, Ryan, just because <laughs> something is a palindrome, I hate to break this to you, it does not make it easy to type in. <laughs> like, Taco Cat's pretty easy to type. Yeah. But, like, 31013, I was just like, what the hell? Anyway, it's that's the fuel-injected V8 gas Volca KGB Pursuit car. Nice. I like um, that it's injection. Yeah, it's I do really have cool. it up on the screen. It's loading the bigger version. So, right in, like, 1982, 283 it made 200 it made 200 horsepower okay which was that's actually pretty brisk that's par for the course probably uh, made like 400 foot pounds of torque too 450 holy shit yeah so it made like all of the torque that's just a tire fire yeah it could do a big ass burnout and still had suspension meant for a car with a four cylinder in it oh it sounds like blubsky it, it, yeah basically <laughs> it was a, actually blubsky. no that's actually yes it was a production blubsky oh god that's terrifying did it cool properly Oh, okay. That's a production <laughs> Blubsky. It's, it's a production Blubsky. Uh, they also had uh, experimented with a rotary powered one called the 21023. Not a palindrome. No. Uh, but that, uh, sorry, 31023. Uh, but right, that, I have the that, large picture up now. That one had a thir- uh, basically a 13B. It was a 1.3 liter. But it made in Russia. So they lasted for like 12,000 miles and they had to be rebuilt and they were That's terrible. Pretty good. Um, anyway, so we're going to go with the V8 one. That's actually cool. Egypt still gets the Nassau Ramses. Okay. Which I got to pull this up. Based off the NSU. Um, what was, you just type in NSUTT. That's easier. Um, we've talked about the Nassau Ramses. It was just in production for a long time. It was a knockdown kit of NSU. Um, other than that, there's not much to say about it. The NSU version did have a pretty good racing history. I think it looks like a Corvair. Yeah. We've already seen this, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Okay. So, uh, what do you think? Which one wins? The production Blubsky or the uh, knockdown kit of a German commuter car? I'm going to say the Nassau Ramses. Fuck off. No, you're not. Yeah, I think it looks way cooler. No, get out of here. I don't know. No, I didn't, Russia's not losing with a gas Volga. I don't like how that thing looks. They have more than one generation. I know. I looked through the entire Wikipedia page. What about the Gaz Chaiko? I don't, I don't, do you have any idea how long that would take me to pull up to see what a Gaz Chaiko looks like? That's a variant of a Volga. But like all the, all the NSUTTs I'm pulling up are like liveried race cars. They look really right. good. You have to type in Nassar Ramses. Because uh, th- these ones, it again? N-A-S-R, R-A-M-S-E-S. Yeah, so the Nassar Ramses never had a racing livery. It was a knockdown kit of that. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and are you talking first gen Gas Volga? I'm talking. Or sorry. I yeah. said particularly the 31013, but we can do whichever Gas Volga, I guess. Uh, the standard. Yeah, the NAS, standard Nassar Ramses is pretty gross. Yeah. Fine, fine. The yes. Gas wins. All right. It, does Take- v- it has a V8 motor. No, because it's awesome in Soviet. It, it, I don't like either of them 
for the record. What's, but you don't you don't you really don't like a gas I don't like Volga? The gas Volga. I love the gas no. Volga. I would if somebody were to offer me a straight trade for a gas Volga thirty one oh thirteen for my Cressida, I would totally do it. Yeah, I probably would too. Um all right. So the next one is gonna be Iran with their Zamyad Z twenty four. Yeah, I'm Googling that one right now. That's their mini truck that is a nineteen seventies Mazda Porter. Oh, we've seen this. I love that thing. Yeah, that thing's great. I may have that, that one before, so yeah. Yeah, it did okay. win before. Well, he's all won before. Oh, I understand. That's what um, a quarterfinal is. but Yeah, and then so Spain is going up against them. This one's going to be really tough Uh-oh. for me. I, typed, I, made, I made a very... Oh, I forgot that we picked the Hispano Sueza, not the like, Seat Leon Cooper R. We did choose the Seat Leon Cooper R, but S- Spain's made more than one cool car. So we can change it back. I just wanted to name drop the Jay Leno 8.5 liter Hispano Sueza. 300 horsepower. 18.5, I'm sorry. Wow. 18.5 liter aero car made on a Hispano Suiza chassis with a Hispano Suiza airplane engine in it. It went 125 miles per hour with any grade of fuel. So any grade of fuel meaning like crude oil? Like it was designed to run on as low as 60 octane. Oh, I don't like this thing. But it goes 125 miles an hour. No, the mini truck from Iran wins. Okay. Even if it was a Seat? That Cooper R, I might pick over the... Man, I don't know. I love that mini truck. I think That mini so truck's cool. really cool. It's also in green on like half the pictures on Google, like which it, is the best color it for has, a mini truck. It is literally a, tr- a 1970s mini truck made today. Like, how can you beat that? You can't. Like That, that, is, would, that is the peak of 1970s And the thing is, design. with the Seat Leon Cooper R, it's got a TSI in it. Yeah, which is going to break. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun you, for you a what the, while, You know what the Zamyad's not going to do? Break. Yeah, exactly. So Zamyad wins. Yep. Um, the, Iran, <laughs> good job. Yeah. You uh, get a motor cult pat of approval, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please, please open up Trade with America. We'll oh, my send, God. We will send you a... Here's a Motor question for you. Sticker. Would you rather have a Zamyad Z24 or would you rather have the North Korean knockoff of the 190E? Oh, That's this a is, really hard This question. is going to be just a uh, car cup game, not a World Cup of cars, oh, but okay. because North Korea is not in it. No, I'm, I'm, this isn't official. I, I know it's not I official. Just, That's really tough to say. I know. I really like I, both of those things. I really like the King Sang 88. I don't. I think I'd rather drive a King Sang 88 every day, just because. But I think I'd have to pick a mini truck. The, the King Sang 88 doesn't have any heat in it, or the AC. The Zamyad seems like I could daily it. The Zamyad was made for Iran, so I imagine it has AC. It's gotta Ooh. have AC. Yeah, if it's for a desert, probably. It's gotta be. It's gotta have that. I think you I know feel what? like the Zamyad's gonna win the World Cup of Cars. It's gonna get up there. Like they're... that's gonna be a tough one to beat. Like I'm trying to think of like all the World Cup things that we've done and like all the cars that I would pick over this, and I'm blanking right now, but I'm also blanking on most of the vehicles we've covered. <laughs> well <laughs> I'm thinking if it does come down to it, they're on opposite sides of the uh board. So it Are could, we it could create a third world war because of this? It we very well could. Okay. You know what it could end up being? What? If if Iran makes it yeah. to the finals, and Japan makes it to the finals, I'm going to have it be the Zamyad Z24 versus the Mazda Porter. <laughs> and then we have to pick who made the best Mazda Porter, Mazda or Zamyad. <laughs> and I'm going to pick a Ripu. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't the Ripu. Has to be the Mazda Porter. Fuck. I, I, yeah, I know. That was the point of not having... I don't want to pick between... It's like picking between your children. Like, who are you going to kill? It's such a cool car. Ah. I, I like the idea that's a knockoff kit made in a third world country. And historically, and it, it might be better. Historically, they have been better. Fuck. 
Because if you think about it, a lot of Riva, or sorry, a lot of, yeah, a lot of Riva is better than a Fiat 124. I it's love more reliable. The Kangsang 88 is probably more reliable than a 190 because it doesn't have CIS. Uh, well, 190Ds are like. Yeah, this one's not diesel, the, though. I know, but like you're comparing it to a W201. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're also comparing it to, like to like gasoline. a 2.5 NA 190D, like that thing will outlast time. Yeah, but I mean, if you're comparing it to your standard 234 cylinder. Yeah, it's way more reliable than that. So, yeah, generally. It probably the, has a carburetor. And then the. Um, the uh, Willys CJ or 2A versus okay. the Mahindra Roxor. The Mahindra Roxor uh, is better on road. That, you know, we there pride ourselves argument. on obscure information here, but that might take the fucking cake. <laughs> just like, what the. It's things that have never been thought about by <laughs> humanity before that just happen to come up. We should. God, I really wish we got more of these weird knockoff cars from like third world countries and like second world countries. Because I would love to have a race. NASCAR car just crashed. Good. Yeah. Um, it tried to turn left. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for the audio version, we're watching Goodwood stream and a NASCAR just went into a tire wall after turning left. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> Holy hell. But. Um, I would actually, if we ever get the budget to do this, I would love to do a test that tests out the reliability and the performance of knockdown cars oh God. versus their so original variants. So do a Kingsang 88 versus a 190 E2.3 and do a Zomiad Z24 versus, versus a Mazda Porter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great test. That'd be you know just how many miles perfect. we'd have to put on all those cars to figure that out? <laughs> like a consumer report style, just like super scientific test. <laughs> I was thinking more of a Top Gear, like just something really stupid. Like we'd retake, have like, to, uh, we'd have to invite like Motor Trend because they have all the equipment to like do, do all the G-force <laughs> testing and stuff like that. <laughs> That'd be perfect. I would love to see that test. Um, oh, hey, actually, before we go today, I do have one yeah. other piece of uh, news that I okay. want to talk about. Sure. Um, it's a little bit more on the bummy side, but Uh-oh. it's still a thing. Um, and I might give you something new to think on after this because I don't want to end on something super sad. Uh, you know the Tata Nano? Yeah. They're discontinuing it. Why? Because it's really unsafe and nobody really likes it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew it was uh, right when they released it. Look, it was a... Uh, it was bad. People in India hated it because if you have a car, like, it's a thing of pride for the family because an entire family owns it. Yeah. And this was just, like, the cheapest piece of shit washing machine that they could make. It's like yeah. nobody liked it. But, like, I kind of like the Tata Nano. It'd be really cool to do something really stupid with one. I, I want I, I want them to send it. Instead of discontinuing it, send it to Africa. Seriously, that's what like, everyone else does. Just yeah. do it legitimately. Like, like for real. Like, I, I'm not saying that like in a bad way. I mean, like, in Africa, in third world and second world countries, you have people that need cars. It, that is an Indian version of a Citroen 2CV. That'd be oh. perfect for an African farmer. Is there a knockdown of a 2CV? There has to be. We should do that test. Yes, we should. Um... But yeah, no, they should really send that to like, Africa. I was hoping that was going to be the Bob show. <laughs> uh, th- they should really send that to Africa because there was actually like... Just fill it full of food and send it to Africa. Well, well I mean, uh, Toyota had great success doing that with their pre- their old generation Hiaces. Mm-hmm. My, uh, Volkswagen historically has always done that with every car. Uh, <laughs> Nissan made the Suru in Mexico forever. Um, well, the Volkswagen, Beetle was made there like 92 also in Southern 99. America. Really? No, sorry, 03. Really? And the... 
Type 2 Combi was made until 2011, and the Mark 1 Rabbit was made in South Africa until 2003 as well. That's called a City Rabbit. Or a City Golf, sorry. City Rabbit's a cute name. City Golf? Yeah. But, um... No, I I, I, I wow. love that. I love the idea of continuation cars. Those are great. Yeah, I think they should keep making the Nano. Just make it another yeah, market. Just, just sell, export it. The Indi- Indian market isn't the good market for that car. No, that that car deserves to live. Like, not yeah. Tata should really do that. Yeah, they should also make a one make race on that. I think that should be our bom- our bombshell. Is there should be a Tata Nano one make race? I still think there should be a Fiat 500 one make race. That's not a thing. I I think it might be, but not here. But it should be. They're super reliable. They're really cheap. Yeah, and they get more people excited about okay. it. Okay, and they'll well, actually and on this show bombshell, their... there should be cheap sub super mini compact racing series. Yes, more of there them. There should be. There should be more spec B. Yeah, exactly. And okay. that is a good bombshell. <laughs> we will see you next week. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Motor Cult. Catch you guys on Saturday.